lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace alongside Aaron McIntyre. And Todd Erzin, of course, we have a lot going on for you here today at the bottom of the hour. We are going to introduce you to the unsung hero. We are down to the final few weeks now of post-production for the film based on my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which I cannot wait to show you. Uh, There's an unsung hero to how we got this movie made, and his name is Ryan Walters. And, and when he's not, you know, in his spare time helping to save our movie from the spirit of the age, he's also a pretty badass secretary of education in the state of Oklahoma. And he is being targeted by the unions down there for extinction in the upcoming runoff election there in that state. We're going to join him and see if we can't help give him a little positive uh, encouragement and publicity to push him across the finish line so he can keep uh, taking ass and keeping names uh, when he, as he is doing in Oklahoma, uh, to the spirit of the age as we speak. Next hour, for fake news or not, we're going to delve in deep into the data on the jabs. Yesterday, the CEO of Pfizer tested positive for COVID. The secretary of woke, well, he used to be defense. The secretary of woke, Lloyd Austin, Quadruple jabbed as well, tested positive for COVID for a second time this year. And now, the First Lady of the United States now has COVID, despite being quadruple jabbed. What is the real data as it pertains to these not vaccines? We will get into it with a medical professional who has been delving into that data that's coming up for fake news or not next hour. And then we will conclude by looking at Pop Culture Tuesday, the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. Marvel launching yet another series on Disney+. Plus. She-Hulk, attorney at law. I did not watch a second of Miss Marvel. I, I have no plans to watch a second of this, but... Maybe it's just me. We will get into that coming up with Pop Culture Tuesday coming up a little bit later on in the show. A reminder, if you're looking for new glasses and you're looking for ones that don't come with dorky frames, because like me, you've got the uh, problematic prescription. You're a little far, you're a little near. If you're just one of those, you can get the cool stuff. But now, if you're a little of those, or even if you need bifocals, you can get the cool stuff, too, from our friends over at Better Spectacles. They'll hook you up with Rodenstock eyewear. If you're wondering what that is, that's what I'm wearing. German-engineered, 144-year-old company, one of the worldwide leaders, well over 500 patents, and now available for wide distribution for the first time here in the U.S. and for your problematic prescription as well. You don't have to wear the dorky frames anymore. Just go to our friends at betterspectacles.com. They will hook you up with some of the best trained opticians in the country, and then they'll really hook you up with a fantastic offer to get you started. An introductory 61% off, and you get the Rodenstock frames for free. 61% off their Go Spec lenses, and the Rodenstock frames are free 
when you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. And now we begin, as always, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the definition of fascism. On his substack late last week, independent journalist Alex Berenson revealed some of the documents he obtained during the course of his lawsuit with Twitter. Internal communications between Twitter's staff reveals Twitter was indeed in communication with White House coronavirus officials last year, including Andy Slavitt, senior COVID advisor to the president. Those internal communications also revealed Berenson was known by name to the White House for spreading so-called COVID jab disinformation and that the White House was putting immense pressure on Twitter to censor Berenson. Twitter, for its part, held out that Berenson was not breaking any of its rules, but shortly after Joe Biden made comments last year that social media companies are quote-unquote killing people because of so-called disinformation about COVID jabs, Twitter relented and banned Berenson from the platform. As a reminder, the tweet that got Berenson banned is this one from 2021, which reads, quote, It doesn't stop infection or transmission. Don't think of it as a vaccine. Think of it as, at best, a therapeutic with a limited window of efficacy and terrible side effect profile that must be dosed in advance of illness. And we want to mandate it? Insanity. End quote. Berenson announced on Fox News last night. I'm going to sue uh, the White House. I think I have a, like, a, a proof um, that they did violate my First Amendment rights, uh, that they forced Twitter to act as a state actor. In other words, as, you know, essentially an arm of the federal government. Uh, yes. I have more documents. Um, I obtained these documents as part of a lawsuit. I'm going to have more documents to release soon. Um, but uh, I think what I've already shown is enough that this case will survive a motion to dismiss and we'll get to discovery and depositions and people inside and outside the White House are going to face some very uncomfortable questions, probably not just about me, but about other people you know, who've been deplatformed in the last year or two uh, by Twitter. Moving on, Donald Trump said yesterday on Truth Social, the FBI during its raid of Mar-a-Lago seized three of his passports, two of which were outdated, but one of which was his current diplomatic passport. What we're being asked to believe is that Trump stored his passports with other presidential records, which of course doesn't make sense. MSNBC, your thoughts? Your passport is not yours, by the way. It's the U.S. government's. It's right. a privilege to have it. They can take it back. Right. And he shouldn't have a diplomatic or, or an official passport. According to numerous reports, Attorney General Merrick Garland deliberated for weeks before making the decision to greenlight the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, because apparently deciding to take action against a literal Nazi with the nuclear codes is just such a hard decision. Joe Biden is set to sign that new tax and spend bill that doubles the size of the IRS, raises taxes on those making $400,000 a year, and would make it easier for rich people to buy electric cars. The so-called Inflation Reduction Act passed through both the House and the Senate on party-line votes recently. At the border, the Department of Homeland Security says over one day this weekend, there were 2,200 illegal crossings at the border in the Del Rio sector. As Fox News' Bill Malugin points out, that's 2,200 people in one day in one single sector of the southern border. Since October 1st of last year, over 400,000 illegal crossings have been reported there, a 100% increase from the year before. Meanwhile, at a Turning Point USA rally in Arizona over the weekend, here's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Now it's Florida law that nobody has to choose between a job they need and a jab they don't want. And we were criticized for that at the time because they said that, oh, this is something CDC wants to mandate. And I'm like, what? I don't care. I'm going to do what's right. 
But now CDC even has changed their guidance. And they're saying no difference in treatment between a vax and unvax. And so my question is, if the CDC's finally come around to that, why is the military still kicking people out over the COVID shot? They need to bring back on active duty anybody who wants to be back. Anybody who lost their job because of Biden's private sector mandate needs to get their job back. And if you, have, if you have taken this because of a mandate and you have been injured, you should be able to sue and get damages. And now more from Boston Children's Hospital, who says they will gladly perform hysterectomies on little girls because gender. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. Blue checkmark Harvard Law professor Aleandra Carabello tweets, Twitter is just sitting on their asses while libs of TikTok Matt Walsh, Christopher Rufo, and Billboard Chris use this platform to drive a stochastic terrorism campaign against the Boston Children's Hospital. Is it going to take a provider getting killed for them to act? Meanwhile, in the United Kingdom, the Tavistock Center, which is known for doing the same kind of meatball so-called gender-affirming surgery on children, is shutting its doors and facing a lawsuit from upwards of 1,000 families who claim, among other things, their children were rushed into taking chemical castration while dealing with gender dysphoria. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. Woman who was a tomboy thanks God she didn't grow up today when her boobs would get hacked off. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Real Estate Agents I Trust. If you want to get involved in the real estate market during these unprecedented times, Bing. when who knows, um, you know, at the fourth quarter last year, you could get a 30 year fixed mortgage or a refi for about 3%. Then it was like 6% a month ago. Now it's like barely five. Um, it's very random, very topsy-turvy, very uncertain. It's because we live in, well, unprecedented times. That's why you want to make sure you have a trusty real estate agent to guide you through the process from beginning to end, and we'll help you find one when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Chances are that agent is a watcher of Blaze TV, a listener to Blaze Media, just like you. So they share the same values and they've got your back. If you want to get started, our team, just go to a realestateagentsitrust.com, provide us some basic info, and then someone on our team will contact you to make an introduction to a preferred agent, uh, either in your area or the area that you want to go to. Again, get it started, realestateagentsitrust.com. Let us go to the montage, and I, I, I want to work back to front, because I want to start with the video from Boston's Children's Hospital. And, I mean, <laughs> I was literally going to say this, and then Aaron said it as we were watching this montage together. That's like demonic possession. I mean that that that's just that's just demonic, bro. That's just demonic. It's nihilistic. It's irredeemable. It's dark. 
It's Malok or Molek. It's Chemosh. It's Apocalypto. It's what every society does when it gives itself over ultimately to the spirit of the age in the age in which it lives. That cannot be negotiated with. It cannot be tolerated. It has to be lawfully, but aggressively confronted, prosecuted, legally torn into a thousand pieces in public, and then followed up with legislation that effectively salts the earth so that it would never be contemplated to return in anyone living, anyone's living lifetime again. Such an example of it must be made wholly, completely, but lawfully. Such an example of it must be made. It needs to be the new segregation. It needs to be the new slavery. That no one would even contemplate talking about it in polite company or reintroducing it into polite society ever again. Don't I know we spent a good deal of time last year talking about what the devil hates the most is to be mocked. We we talked about mocking and scorning the spirit of the age. That cannot be mocked and scorned. It is mocking and scorning you. That has to be shut down. Everyone involved has to be criminally prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. That's Fourth Reich stuff. The same people that thought your children could be masked, the same people that thought your children could be locked away where we now punished the young and the healthy to preserve the old and infirmed while isolating them, of course, the exact opposite of what we've ever done in human society to begin with. That's demonic. That is an example of why we use that term. And sadly, there are growing examples in our culture, which is why we're using that term more and more often. That needs to be shamed out of existence. Otherwise, if you don't, here's how this will end. You'll be one of those thousands of parents right now in the UK suing their version of it. But after it mengled their children, of course, after the fact. Recovering damages after they've allowed their children to perhaps be irrevocably damaged. Don't mock or scorn that. Stop it. What Ron DeSantis said there at the TPUSA rally about the jabs and the agenda around them, that needs to be said 
by every single GOP elected official in the United States of America. That needs to be said by everyone who wants to be a GOP elected official in the United States of America. There's literally no one running for office right now that I can think of, which wasn't always the case. This wasn't even the case 10 years ago. But there's no one, in the, no one I can think of running for office right now in the GOP outside of like Susan Collins. But there used to be an entire sector of people who would openly run for office on they like killing some babies. Like almost no one does that now. Almost no one. We've made the issue almost unthinkable, or you've made the issue because I've not been a Republican for like seven and a half years. You've made the issue almost unthinkable to say aloud within the Republican Party. If you're still a Republican, you're still in that party and you're still fighting, your next mission is everything you just heard Ron DeSantis say in that clip that Aaron just aired needs to be the default expectation, minimum default expectation for anyone who thinks about running for dog catcher in the Republican Party let alone national or statewide office. That's the minimum expectation. Is that right there? Nothing less. The FBI does not want to show the complete affidavits that it submitted to the magistrate in order to get its search warrant of Trump's residence. Can anyone think of a benign or innocent explanation for that? Like any possible one. Maybe we should ask Larry Nasser. Or all the other known wolves. Go on. Yeah. The school shooters. Go on. The gay nightclub killer. Right. I mean, uh, the San Bernardino office shooter. We even remember that one from a few years ago. Uh, the Vegas shooter. All the known wolves that it has let slip through its grasp. Reasons, Steve. Reasons. But when it comes to monitoring you, they're on it. When it comes to a noose at a NASCAR garage, a dozen agents will be dispatched to get to the bottom of it. There is no benign or innocent explanation for why they don't want to show their affidavits. There isn't one. There just simply isn't one. I suppose if you wanted to look this look at this as a strictly criminal proceeding and say, and I'm reaching with what I'm about to say, okay? If you wanted to say, take the name Donald Trump away, and you probably wouldn't judge law enforcement harshly for not wanting to show a criminal defendant all of its cards before it has to. And I get that. The problem is you cannot take the name Donald Trump away. How many other search warrants were executed over the last 72 hours in the United States? Thousands, tens of thousands that, that, that got nary any press or, or, or political coverage or news coverage at all. Why? Because they weren't the former and potentially next president of the United States. It's not the same thing. In terms of the ramifications here. And, and we are sitting atop of a, a powder keg 
as a society. We are a very combustible society, and all we need is just a little nudge, not much. Another story came out yesterday that said that the FBI mulled this over for weeks. And that even Merrick Garland himself molded over for weeks. So let me make sure I'm following this. The president had top secret information. Sorry, a literal Nazi. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Literally Hitler. Pardon me. Uh, Yeah, further correction. Uh, Literally Hitler had at his private residence for the last year and a half nuclear sensitive top secret information. That he was getting prepared to sell to the highest bidder despite being a billionaire. You know, Donald Trump, little boy blue, he needed the money. Oh, that's what he had to do. Yeah, he's just just sitting down there at a damn resort that he owns. Just pimping himself out to the highest bidder. My kingdom for a pot of stew. This is just ridiculous. But these are this is the narrative. The narrative is he took top secret nuclear code information. But at the same time, they mulled over for weeks whether to go and get it. And it's because they feared he was going to sell it, even though he's a billionaire. The good news is we now know what Hunter Biden has actually been doing because pretty much everything that they accused Donald Trump of doing, we found out. P-tapes, hookers, Russian prostitution rings, videos, you know, compromised, right? Right. Every, we've already found out everything they accused Trump of doing is what Hunter and his father were involved in. So I guess now we know what, you know, I guess we should just assume that that's what they're doing. Sharing our top secret national defense information with the highest bidder. There is no benign or innocent explanation for why you wouldn't want to do that. There is no benign or innocent explanation for why they took weeks to finally act despite the sensitive top secret nature. Because there's no benign or innocent explanation to literally anything that is happening in this culture right now. On any front. None. Aren't we on the page in Animal Farm? I mean, we've known this for a while, but for everybody to see, aren't we on the page where the puppies had been taken away for a while and you didn't know and what happened to them? And they come back as fully and grown And they come Dobermans. back and he releases them on it. Isn't yes. that what the Biden administration just did? Uh, that, that, that essentially, that's a great analogy. And you know, you know that if you, if you make Animal Farm references to set, me, you're speaking my love language. So if, this, if you're coming at me for a raise after the show, that's set excellent timing on your part, okay? Because it's one of my all-time favorite books. Speaking of books, I know a lot of you, actually no, a lot of others, a lot of you would have preferred an even more provocative title than Rise of the Fourth Reich, right? I know that, okay? A lot of you might have preferred something more like Don't Fire Till You See the Whites of Their Eyes for a title, okay? But there, there, I've had several people come to me, I've heard from other people, that title is too provocative, it goes too far. And that website that you're urging people to go to to download the PDF of the opening statement, trialsandexecution.com. Just enter your email address there. We will send you the PDF. It's 12,000 words, over 80 footnotes, trialsandexecution.com. That's just the opening statement, folks. We haven't even started bringing you the receipt yet. 
the Alex Berenson story is yet further confirmation that no, that title is not going too far at all. There are people right now with hearing problems, heart problems, immune system problems, fertility problems that would not have had them had they not gotten these poisonous jabs. Because everything Alex says in that tweet that got him banned is 100% true. It was true then and it's true now and they knew it then. And they know it now. Censoring him and people like him literally led to severe injury, if not death, of probably thousands of people. And that's if we're being kind and just say thousands. We have injected this poisonous substance into over 200 million Americans. Over 5.3 billion people with a B worldwide. And that's not even counting the damage they'd already done with the virus themselves that they created and then spread, with the lockdowns that they created and then spread, with the masks that they perpetuated and then spread. We're not even getting to the back-ordered stuff. That's all in Rise of the Fourth Reich as well. They lied and people died. And they've been lying since March 16th, 2020. And they're trying to gaslight you now. They're trying to move on from this because they are cornered. The bodies are piling up. The data is too bad. They can't hide it anymore. And I promise you, it's going to get worse. What you're seeing now is what we were seeing months ago. Wait till you see months from now what we're seeing right now. We'll get into some of that here next hour, in fact, because I'm not going to wait for months this time. So no, the title Rise of the Fourth Reich doesn't go too far. No, letting people have a trial where they get to make a defense and show what really was the real reasons they did, the ghoulish things they did, before we execute them is not going too far at all. It's what every previous generation of Western civilization did to make sure they did stuff like this to make sure we could still have a Western civilization to squander when it was our turn and make no mistake because we don't do things like that. I send our kid to Boston's Children's Hospital to get Mengelet instead. We're about to squander this thing called Western civilization. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Well, concerning that hospital, uh, for almost all of human history until like five minutes ago, that hospital would have been immediately shut down and stormed with angry people with torches and pitchforks, and it would have been just and righteous. Yet, now what? And again, there's a, a Bonhoeffer quote going around uh, the last 48 hours about how, uh, uh, you know, real evil is serious, but it, real evil ultimately has to show his hand at some point um, in a way that wakes up the senses of the other side, but it's the stupidity of the masses that ultimately is, is a real fundamental danger because it makes that last so much longer. And if you don't look at those smiling videos from those young millennial saps who are now controlling all of health care, apparently, in the city of Boston, that's a you problem. 
Well, to begin with, Alex Berenson didn't kill himself. I mean, there's in writing internal communications of Twitter employees talking about White House pressuring them, asking them why he's not been deplatformed yet. Is that prima facie? No, that's a little bit more than prima facie. That's Maybe a smoking not a, gun. That's a smoking gun. Maybe not a stone cold case, but it's pretty close. So Alex Berenson didn't kill himself. I just tweeted that. Thank you. And um, the, the Boston Children's Hospital. I, she's smiling. She's got a nice bouncy voice. Just absolutely glowing, talking about giving girls hysterectomy, a hysterectomy, and maybe even removing the ovaries as well. But maybe not, Aaron. You don't know. Spitball in here. Yeah. Again, you can't explain that affect on her face in her body language other than by demonic possession. Because I've said this a couple of times about Yuval Noah Harari of the World Economic Forum, their chief, basically, philosopher over there, the transhumanist-in-chief. And I've said, I, I can't explain what he's saying in the way that he's saying them other than demonic possession. See, we're going from from just what do we call it, a pagan society, to demonic influences. And I think it may be time to consider the fact that we're not just being influenced, not seeing demonic influence, but actual out-and-out demonic possession. No. No, that's not too radical at all. That's the weather forecast. Read the room. More in a moment. Got another email about the outstanding customer service from our friends over at Built Bar by A.J. Edwards. Uh, his Built Bar order delivered to the wrong address. Built Bar still came through. It wasn't their responsibility. It was the U.S. Postal Services. They came through with a new, new order at no charge. And you do stuff like that when you know you've got a great product, right? Because you know, you know, once guys like A.J. here get a chance to try these for the first time, they're coming back again and again and again because that's how good they are. They are the greatest protein bar of all time. And some of you may say, well, Steve, I've had a lot of protein bars. I don't know that that's high praise. And that's fair. But these would rival the majority of candy bars on the market, except in the stuff that you don't want, sugar carbs, calories. They don't have a bunch of those, but they do have a bunch of protein, a bunch of flavor, all of them made in real chocolate. Get the brand new chocolate chip or returning uh, champion, I should say. Chocolate chip cookie dough chunk now with the puffs. They are insane. Even Erzin said that may challenge even my, my, my love of vinegar. That's how much he liked it when he tried it. All right. Go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T, and get 15% off your order when you do, and you use the promo code of my last name, Dace. At checkout, promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, at checkout, promo code DACE at built.com to get 15% off your Built Bars. Are we in a Kobayashi Maru territory if a chocolate chip cookie dough chunk was accidentally sent to your house? Would you be able to re-deliver it to the right people? Because It would be tempting to yes. hold on to it, but... I would I would feel as if I have to uphold Built Bar's honor, even though I have none of my own, <laughs> and would, would, would send it to the appropriate house. 
fair. All right, let's get to it. He is uh, He's really the unsung hero of why you are going to soon, and I don't know what soon means. It might be three months. It might be six. I don't know. Uh, but you will soon get to see a movie about my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot. But he's also a pretty badass secretary of education in the state of Oklahoma as well. He is running for re-election. I got, uh, I got a text from someone who lives in his state telling me that the attack ads against Ryan Walters right now are absolutely insane. And that's how you know he is over the target. We welcome him to the program. Ryan, it is good to have you with us, brother. How are you? Well, thank you very much for having me, Steve. I'm a big fan of the show and the work you're doing. And yes, the National Teachers Union has already dumped uh, over a million dollars into the race to try to uh, keep me from taking office. And as we know, I mean, you know, they really represent Oklahoma values really well. You know, they want birthing persons. They want abortion at all. They want critical race theory in school. So I wear it as a badge of honor that the National Teachers Union has declared me public enemy number one down here. And uh, we're going to work hard and win this election. So what's the difference in your state between a secretary of education and a state superintendent? Great, great question. So right now I, I serve on the cabinet for Governor Stitt. We've got a great governor here, a very conservative governor, and I serve as an education advisor to him. So I really work on policy development and I have some oversight ability, but in a state like Oklahoma, we're one of 12 states that separately elect who runs the Department of Education. So the person running the Department of Education right now in Oklahoma is a liberal Democrat. I know that's that's gotta be shocking for your national audience that Oklahoma has a liberal Democrat as running their Department of Education. But the reality is what happens so many times in these races is the union has an oversized um, influence because they dump a lot of money in this race. They really try to uh, you know, basically capture this entity because what ends up happening is we've passed some great laws um, here in Oklahoma, Steve. We passed a law that banned critical race theory in schools, that limited, that doesn't allow boys in the girls' bathrooms. But the reality is guess who has to enforce those? Uh, we have to have a state superintendent who's willing to say schools that do this, you have violated the law and you're not going to be an accredited you know, administrator in the state of Oklahoma. Well, we have a liberal Democrat here and she allows him to do it, has actually coached up our schools on how to avoid our laws to allow masking in schools and how to keep schools closed during a pandemic. While the governor and I were out there every day pushing schools to stay open, she was actually coaching them on how to stay closed. So that's that's the difference this position makes here in the state of Oklahoma. And frankly... Across the country, you see this where the, the culture war ground zero has become our schools. They have targeted our kids. They are pushing radical indoctrination on our kids. I, I think this is the end game scenario, frankly, for the republic. We've obviously seen the attacks on President Trump and everything like that in, in the short term. Long term, if they teach our kids to hate this country, if they sexualize our kids so that they don't listen or trust their parents anymore, this, ne- this generation will be lost. And it is essential that we take back our education system from the far left very well said so you sit in an advisory role now to the governor this would put you in a policy making role as the state superintendent Yes, sir. And running the department, so setting the rules and policies and procedures over the schools. I'll give you one example. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Governor DeSantis and what he's done in education in Florida. When um, Florida said schools, you have to remain open and you can't have mask mandates. We wanted to do that here out of the governor's office. But guess what? The power of enforcing rules, policies and procedures is with this bureaucracy. Yeah. Under this office. Yeah. yeah. And so they could just say, screw you, we're not doing that. Do something about it, basically. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And so we're seeing this all the time of what happens when an education bureaucrat 
decides that in their school they are going to tiptoe around the law, they're going to push indoctrination. You know, I had an issue here a few weeks ago. Tulsa Public Schools had pornography on their bookshelves. They wouldn't take it down. I make a post about it. Facebook censors me, takes me down on Facebook for several hours because I posted about the book. So woke liberal Facebook has higher standards than the liberal superintendent of Tulsa Public Schools. You know, and that's why I told Tulsa, people, Oklahoma, a- Pentecostal Nirvana has this going on inside in inside its public institutions. That's right. They are our first school to violate our critical race theory ban. Um, and their superintendent just brags about it. She doesn't care. This is, and I've told folks, hey, this is really clear. They're one of the lowest performing school districts in the nation. Mm. It's not a coincidence. They're also pushing indoctrination. The reality is these woke education bureaucrats are much more concerned with indoctrination of your kids rather than academics. And it's showing in the students' test scores and it's showing in the kind of stuff they're peddling in these schools. So you're really going after here. I think this it, that's why I started with the difference in the positions. We're, you're really talking about, um, you know, what I would have described on our show before as a shibboleth of the damned. Like this is, this is a spiritual spirit of the age, we'll call it construct that has been allowed to be erected and has been fortified in and around one of the reddest states in the union. And it just so happens that the spirit of the age chose to erect this shibboleth around the institution that can use can undo with your children everything that everything else culturally in Oklahoma you are trying to pass on to them basically that's exactly right. What we're seeing here is, again, an education bureaucracy. And the unions have played this really strategically well. If we control that institution, you know, they're heavily supporting my opponent, the national union and local union. They heavily supported the liberal Democrat there right now. Hey, you're never going to be held accountable. You can do what you want, and, and they're going to skate around the issues. There's no accountability measures um, going on here. They're allowing the, you know, they're helping and assisting pushing the indoctrination in our schools, and this is a real moment. And you know, that's where you know, I know you have a large audience. We we love love you here in Oklahoma. You know, to, to in a runoff scenario, the unions are pushing out the vote, and they're trying to capture this entity again of a government bureaucracy, rather than having a conservative who says, look, I, I want the government out. I want to put parents in charge of their kids' education with school choice. I want to hold woke administrators accountable. And you talk about this a lot. What have you seen in Florida? You've seen Ron DeSantis go, no, this stuff, Governor DeSantis say this stuff isn't going to fly. And Mm -hmm. when it does, we're going to hold you accountable. If we have teachers or administrators that push indoctrination or the sexual filth to our kids, they're not going to teach in the state of Oklahoma on my watch. We're taking their teaching certificate. We're taking their administrative license. Go get another job, but get away from our kids. If they have this kind of shibboleth erected around the education system in a place like Oklahoma, Ryan, before we even talk about a California or a New York, how about places that we perceive to be swing states? Like, what do you think exists in a place like Michigan? What exists in a place like Wisconsin? What exists uh, in a place like Ohio or Virginia, right? I mean, if they have something like this in a state that's as deeply embedded red as your own, what do they have set up in places where they imagine what they have fortified in places where they don't have as many inherent uh, electoral disadvantages as they have in a state like the one you reside in? That That's a great point. And, and that's what we're seeing. I mean, I know that folks cannot believe what they're seeing in our schools today. I mean, if you'd have told people 20 or 30 years ago, there's going to be this pornography, this push for your kids to be transgender, this push for your kids to hate America going on in our public schools. 
It would have surprised people. People would have been shocked. They wouldn't have Dwa- drag queens teabagging and twerking, uh, you know, kids and on the stages of public schools all over America, stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, when exactly. that's when they're not reading them storybooks. That is, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And and you think you would have thought that would be unimaginable. Well, what we've allowed to happen is we have allowed the left to take over. And again, you talk about it a lot. You know, they've emphasized, you know, playing in pop culture. They've emphasized in controlling the government. Well, they're emphasizing controlling our schools. And when they control our schools and our schools are government controlled, when they control who the teachers are and what that institution looks like, when they control the curriculum and when they continue. And again, they box parents out. I mean, school choice is the ultimate way to unlock parents being in charge of their kids' education, the transparency and accountability. I mean, we, we are... I'm telling you, we are going to miss the boat. If, if we lose this war on our kids, if we allow the left to control these institutions, I mean, this is end game scenario here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you think the country is evil and racist and everything about it is evil and racist, President Trump made a great point the other day. Who's going to fight the next war for this country? You know, I, one of my favorite things, you know, see, my background is I'm a history teacher. Depends on who I they love- think the war is, Ryan. Yeah. They're, they're arming 80,000 IRS agents because they're telling you who they think the war is. Anyway, you're about to make an important point. Forgive me. Finish it. No, no. And I'll, and I'll get to what, what you're saying there as well. You know, as a history teacher, I love to have students read the letters from the soldiers in World War II. They knew what they were fighting for. They knew that America was this incredible country that was a light into the world. And those core principles that we were created um, with an th- acknowledgement that our rights came from God, that if we have a Christian faith— and we maximize individual rights and adjacent to that Christian faith, we will continue to be the greatest country in the history of the world. Well, if, if you don't believe that, and our future generation is not only taught that not only is that not true, it's an evil country, you should be ashamed of it. You, you don't know what, there is no truth. Um, what's a boy? What's a girl? What you're going to have is a generation that, that frankly, they're not going to fight for this country. They're not going to defend this country. But even to your point, Steve, they're also going to believe, well, if government wants to take our rights, that's their prerogative. I mean, if, the, if you don't understand the core basic truth that God endowed us with these rights, yeah, okay, well, if we want to take your rights to the IRS, I mean, that's the IRS's job, right? I mean, that's the kind of future that this ignorance of our founding and of, of truth will lead this country down. So how can people, especially if there's anybody watching or listening right now in the state of Oklahoma, how can they make sure, because it is a runoff, it's outside of a typical time of voting, Right. Uh, the other side is going to be very well organized. They are, they're not going to, you're going to have to pry this thing from their cold, scaly fingers. Okay. So when's the runoff? What can people do between now and then? Yes, sir. You know, the runoff is next Tuesday, August 23rd. And I'm asking conservatives around the state, if you're in the audience from Oklahoma, please get out the vote, text, call family and friends. The The, the National Teachers Union is going to have a major get out the vote effort. Uh, they're, they're launching all the negative attack ads against me. We have to have a conservative in this position. You can go to Ryan Walters for Oklahoma.com and find out more about the campaign and follow us there. But please text family, friends, neighbors, make sure people don't forget in August 23rd, we've got a crucial choice here in Oklahoma, that we can take education back from the far left and put parents in charge of their kids' education, or we're going to have the left that's going to continue to push this filth on your kids. We have to win this, and we have to continue to move the ball forward and put parents back in charge of their kids' education. Well done. Uh, and I mean it. I mean, he, Ryan, you're an unsung hero. Uh, you, you, you and I had connected uh, for the last couple of years just casually because you're a fan of the show and of The Blaze. 
And when I got a panicked phone call from my directors last December, somehow I'm I'm facing a NLRB complaint and a strike for my movie in a right to work state. I still have not been able to do the math and figure out how that possibly occurred. But um, you definitely helped get us in front of the people that we needed to to make sure we got that film. Uh, we got that movie shot last December. I don't know that. I don't. Frankly, I don't know that we would have gotten it shot last December if it weren't for you, brother. So thank you. On behalf of everybody involved in that production and and the lives we're hoping that that movie is going to impact, thank you for the role that you played with that. Well, you're too kind, and, and I'm telling you, I, I will be there watching uh, the first day that that it comes out, and I'm, I'm a big fan of yours, and Steve, you're, you're a genuine guy. Um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing for the country, but also you're just, just a good man, and I'm proud to know you. Likewise, brother. Take care. Good luck on Tuesday, all right? Go get him. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You bet. All right, gentlemen, some thoughts on the conversation we just had with Ryan Walters. Hey, he had me at, uh, we're going to take teachers' licenses away. And it's going to, this can't, it, it can't be about a rhetorical flourish to say, yeah, red meat, win the election. Uh, Ryan Walters means it. It's, uh, I'm not, I'm getting elected. Steve, you've made this distinction in the past. What's driving what? He wants to get elected to do Ron DeSantis work. All right. Mm-hmm. He wants to get things done. And we need, uh, it, it, it'll take more people than we have now doing it, but it won't take nearly as many as you think to start making a big dent. Once he takes some scalps, watch out. Yeah. As bleak as, you know, almost everything we've talked about today has been, um, there are people in positions of power, whether that's governor of a state and Ron DeSantis or Ryan Walters here who get it and get and understand what it's going to take, what it's going to take to actually defeat the spirit of the age. You have to take scalps, okay? Strongly worded letters, getting to the bottom of it. You know, and I know, if you're in this audience, don't need to tell you. Not going to cut it. So where are the people who get it and understand what is going to cut it? I mean, we heard from a couple today. Um, demand that. Demand that. Anything short of that is failure from your elected representatives. Mm. Uh, and again, uh, Ryan Walters for F-O-R, Ryan Walters for Oklahoma.com. That's Ryan Walters for Oklahoma.com. Um, next hour, we are going to open up fake news or not. Uh, we are going to be joined by a gentleman that I heard recently on my uh, colleague and co-author Daniel Horowitz's podcast. And after listening to this, I, I think I sent you a text and I said, I want to get this guy on because I have, I have some further questions that I think need to be asked and applied specifically to what is going on right now. So yesterday, so I mean, a week ago, we had the president of the United States testing positive for COVID eight days in a row, despite um, four jabs. Uh, yesterday, we find out that your secretary of woke, the ridiculous caricature known as Lloyd Austin, formerly uh, with the Office of Department of Defense, um, uh, he tests positive despite four jabs for the second time this year. The CEO of Pfizer, the horse doctor who runs Pfizer, uh, he's positive. Now today, the first lady is positive. What's going on here? What's the real data and what's the real data within that vaccine adverse effect reporting system database? We're going to get to that when we come back.
we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Don't forget that you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the program steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter and Getter. You can also look for me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there, at Real Steve Dace. And then you can watch clips of the show free of any censorship, free of charge, when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And don't forget, if you're a podcast listener, we appreciate you. You're a huge part of our audience. We are continuing to get the best podcast rankings we've ever had in the history of the show, and you're the reason why. Please, if you've yet to do this, though, leave us a five-star review, hit subscribe or follow, and if you've got a question that you'd like to have us considered for an upcoming Ask Me Anything, put your question into your five-star review, and you'll go to the front of the line for consideration for the next AMA. Thanks to all of you that have left us those five-star reviews already. This part of the show is brought to you by one of the only chances you have to do business with corporate America that doesn't hate you. Thankfully, it's with a product that we all pretty much need to use these days, and that's our mobile phones and our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They're America's really, well, only American mobile phone company, and you'll get pretty much the same coverage with limited pockets, like if you live deep in the mountains somewhere. But for the most part, everybody pretty much uses the same towers, so you shouldn't see... Uh, a signal decrease whatsoever, so no loss of service, so you're not making a sacrifice to go with someone uh, that shares your values. You don't have to make that choice. You're going to get the same quality service, but with the peace of mind of knowing you're not funding your enemies or people who think that you are theirs. If you want to make the switch, first of all, our family made the switch. I know what you're thinking. It's a big pain in the butt. You know, we had multiple lines. Their customer service team handled it with a plum, so I would highly recommend you let them handle your situation as well. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know when you go to make the switch and they'll give you extra savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. For everybody else, if you want to make the switch today, get a free activation when you do if you use my name, Steve, as the offer code when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Once more, patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. I heard this gentleman on uh, my good friend, colleague, and co-author Daniel Horowitz's podcast recently, and I said, we have got to get him on so that uh, uh, people in our audience, and I know that there's a lot of cross-pollination with the shows, but a lot of you are frankly like me, and you just don't have time to listen to three or four different shows in a day, and so maybe it's one or two, and I want to make sure what he was talking about was not missed by absolutely anybody. So we have a guest for Fake News or Not this week. Dr. James Thorpe is that guest, MD, and he joins us here today on the program. Dr. Thorpe, it's a pre- it's a pleasure to have you with us, brother. My name is Steve Dace. How are you? Steve, it's such a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for the truthing that you provide on your show. I appreciate that, brother, and back at you as well. Before we get into some of that truth, give us a little bit about your medical background. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm 69 years old. I've been practicing a high volume of clinical obstetrics uh, for over 43 years. I'm board certified in obstetrics and gynecology. I'm board certified in maternal fetal medicine. 
Uh, last week, I saw 180 high-risk OB patients and they're, all their ultrasounds. My fingertips are on the pulse of the heartbeat of obstetrical outcomes like nobody else's. Um, I'm on track for, let's uh, do the math, that's almost uh, 8,000 to 9,000 high-risk OB patients a year. Mm. I have a lot of experience. I've seen the damage, the death, and the carnage from the COVID-19 shots. Well, then let's start there because typically someone in a specialized field as you are in would probably not be approaching a broad public policy issue like this unless you had seen that carnage or controversy specifically spill over into the field that you specialize in, right? Yes, indeed. And so when did you first begin seeing these problematic markers? I saw the death and carnage starting on, on my, in my high-risk patients, uh, obstetrical patients, uh, in 2021, a year ago. But before that, I long suspected, based upon my extensive research on this alleged vaccine, which is really a death shot. Uh, it's contraindicated in pregnancy. It should never, ever be used in pregnancy. I'm calling for a worldwide moratorium on the use of the pregnancy, as are many other experts taking my lead from across the country. I've approached the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology. I've written them, shared all the data that I have. The data that I have is absolutely undeniable and irrefutable. I've sent out uh, a video testimony that's 12 minutes in length to every physician in the world, showing them the data and showing them how to see the data. If you don't believe theirs, you cannot ignore the 25 other independent uh, research studies that actually are worse than VAERS. And if you're going to throw out all of those studies, are you going to believe what Pfizer themselves tried to hide for 75 years, and yet the federal judge forced them to release the documents? Release the documents on April 1st of this year. April Fool's joke is on you, the physicians that have pushed this deadly vaccine. They're Go to Pfizer, go to DuckDuckGo, don't use Google, they're liars, they're misinformation spreaders. Go to DuckDuckGo and search Pfizer 5.3.6, you'll come up with a download uh, of that Pfizer drop from April 1st, 2022. That's been in my possession for 16 months. I know the death and carnage that this uh, alleged vaccine has caused. If you drop, download that document, go to page seven, in the, that's the first 90 days of the rollout of the vaccine. Pfizer themselves told you that they have killed and maimed a lot of people around the world and in the United States of America. On table one, on page seven of Pfizer's own document, 1,223 dead, dead in less than 90 days and countless others maimed. Um, just to put that in perspective, 1976, I'm in medical school, Wayne State University School of Medicine. The uh, swine flu vaccine was rolled out. We had 26 deaths. It was immediately removed from the market, immediately, never got back on. There was outrage all over the world and all over the United States, all over the media. Fast forward to year 2000, 1999, the rotavirus, same thing. It was allegedly associated with a dozen or so cases of intussusception 
in toddlers and newborns was immediately removed from the market. A dozen or so cases, no deaths. A dozen or so cases, no deaths. Hmm. And then we fast forward to 2021 uh, or December 2020, when we vastly exceeded those deaths. And for those of you who don't believe it, your federal government and your physicians are killing you. They're pushing a death shot on you. And this is exactly why the CDC and the FDA are trying to silently backwalk mm -hmm. their lying, deadly narrative. They're in trouble. And everybody, all the physicians that have lied to their patients, 90% of my colleagues, you've lied to your patients. You're liars. You've never given informed consent. Never. Informed consent is impossible when you do not know what is in the vaccine right. and you not have all the data. Woodcock, Dr. Woodcock, Dr. Walensky, the leaders of the FDA and the CDC, they told you up front, they told you they're not being transparent with the data. You have no business pushing a deadly vaccine. You are responsible and you should be sued if you are pushing the vaccine. Mm. Give us some of the specifics that you've seen in your own practice. Uh, patients, you know, uh, one of a, a gentleman who's become a good friend of this show the last couple of years is Dr. Ryan Cole, a pathologist out in Idaho, who has studied tens of thousands of samples of the virus itself, of the way the virus infects the human body, of the, uh, what the virus has done to the dead and what the jab does to the dead. And just hearing from him firsthand what he has studied in his own lab. It, it, I think it brings it home a lot more, James, than, and I'm a data guy. I could just sit here and cite this data. I've got a photographic memory. I could just do it like an encyclopedia off the top of my head. I think after a while, though, it kind of glazes over for people. It's hard to keep up with all these numbers. So let's make it personal. What exactly have you seen in your own high-risk clinic? Let's start out with my pregnant, uh, my women of reproductive age trying to get pregnant. Uh, they take the vaccine and they have a massive hormonal disruption. They have a massive disruption. Uh, when I compare my patients with that of the those that have received COVID-19 and those that have received uh, in the same VAERS database, the influenza vaccine that's been, by the way, pushed in pregnancy since 1998. So when I do that comparison, there's over a thousand fold greater incidence of very significant menstrual abnormalities mm. in pregnancy. Uh, when I look at that, uh, and it's corroborated by everything that I've seen with my own eyes on the ultrasound. I can look at a placenta eight weeks after an injection, and I can, with pretty good degree of confidence, tell you whether the vaccination was Pfizer or Moderna. There's pretty wow. pathogenic findings that, that I've seen. I've seen them for over a year now, and uh, others have too, although they don't want to step out. I'm seeing death and carnage of pregnancy. I've seen pregnancy losses a massive increase in early miscarriage, massive increase. I have seen a massive increase in early malformations of the fetus, specifically all types of malformations, but specifically a rather rare uh, malformation called a cystic hygroma, fetal cystic hygroma. We usually see that around 12 weeks. We see a massive increase in amniotic fluid disruption, production, and abnormal placentation. We see a dramatic increase in fetal cardiac malformation and abnormalities. 
a massive increase in fetal cardiac arrhythmia, a massive increase in fetal cardiac death, a massive increase in very abnormal growth patterns of the fetus, a substantial increase in fetal growth restriction and fetal growth loss. We've seen a massive increase in abnormal fetal testing, an abnormal increase in placental thrombosis, uh, and an ab substantial, devastating increase in fetal death, stillbirth. And that's just with the female side of the reproductive side of things, right? That's primarily what you're dealing with as an OBGYN. That's that's before we get into the study that came out last month, uh, a study of uh, sperm motility for sperm donors at a sperm clinic. And you know, if it's a sperm clinic that, you know, elderly guys that are slowing down at that age, aren't the donors. So you're, you're going to men who are in prime age, prime reproductive age. And they noted uh, a substantial decline in sperm motility. And I found the timetable that that study gave, by the way, very fascinating. It was six months, which is, which is everyone, we all agree now, even they will admit that the, the, their jabs just are completely wane of all efficacy by that period of time. It's much sooner than that, but they'll at least admit it's every six months. And then they didn't delve into the question then of if you keep getting repeated boosters every six months like they want you to, does that cycle of decreased sperm motility continue on or is it a one-time thing i found it was fascinating that they did not tackle that question but at this time last year they were assuring us doctor that this stayed in your arm that the the spiked protein delivered via the lipid nanoparticle it just stays in your arm it's temporary you referenced how they're backing away one of the things they backed away from in the last week cdc is no longer putting that pushing that lie on its website uh, they're not pushing that any longer. And and I've been warning my audience for months, a lot of proto and preprint studies out there like the, that are pointing out that this thing, once it gets through your blood system, it loves to it loves to hang out in the ovaries and the testes. And it sounds like you're seeing the 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 the, the bitter fruit of what that data is pointing out. Absolutely, Steve. Uh, you're absolutely one thousand percent correct. And And let's bring it home. It's not that I don't care about your testes or guys' testes, but let's put things in perspective here. Uh, it, it does take two to tangle. We need both fertile couples. But listen, the redis, the the testes, they put forth, uh, you know, about a million sperm an hour, mm -hmm. okay? Women only a have the eggs at birth that they're going to have their entire lives, is what you're going okay. to say, yeah. Yes, the female fetuses by 30 weeks, they have all the ovum that they have for the rest of their life. That's mm -hmm. it. And we know from that they lied to us that this injection is immediately dispersed throughout the blood. It breaks all the God-made barriers, the blood-brain barrier, the maternal placental barrier, the fetal blood-brain barrier, and they're concentrated in the ovaries, including the ovaries of those fetuses 10 weeks, 20 weeks before they're born. Mm. And there's toxic materials in that vaccine, the lipid nanoparticles, uh, and, and also, including toxic uh, lipids and cationic lipids and PEG, not to mention the man-made toxic mRNA cargo. Those concentrate in the ovaries. Those have the potential of destroying or altering every single egg a woman will have for the rest of her life. Mm. And whether that's a 30-week fetus or a 30-year-old female, their ovaries are potential and their ovum that they have are potentially destroyed or contaminated permanently. That's the crime against humanity, and it should have been excluded, but they lied to us. They lied to us. In 2012, Schladlich and colleagues documented 
that these were concentrated in the ovaries. Uh, Pfizer's own biodistribution data, 118-fold concentration of that disastrous vaccine in the ovaries, in the ovaries. And that's just in 48 hours. That slope continued to rise, but they sacrificed those animals at 48 hours. Based on what you just said, I feel compelled to ask a question my audience has asked me frequently that I'm not qualified to answer. And to be brutally honest with you, Doc, I don't want to ask because I'm afraid of the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway, okay? Is there a concern of passing on these reproductive abnormalities, deficiencies produced by this jab if you if you if you marry and procreate with someone who is jabbed is that do you see where I'm you see what I'm getting at is this a, is this a one to one transmission or is this something that can be cross generational here well it it certainly has a potential to be cross generational the first thing they told us too was that oh this mrna is man made and it's just used to create the proteins that we want to create but it's not going to alter the human genome. They lied to us. They called me a tinfoil hat uh, conspiratorial theorist when I said that three years ago. Well, guess what? They lied to us. Alden and colleagues of Sweden earlier this year documented that the mRNA is reverse transcribed and can permanently alter the human genome, human liver cells in vivo. So they lied to us once again. It's absolutely devastating. The American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology should be ashamed of themselves. We've had other disasters in my specialty. We don't have a really you know, nice history. And unfortunately, the leaders, uh, uh, the ne'er-do-wells uh, there in the ACOG and uh, ABOG and SMFM, they're too focused on pushing the woke philosophy of political correctness instead of the learning from the history. You know, back in thalidomide, horrible disaster, horrible disaster. Then you take DES with multi-generational, severe multi-generational effects from diethylstilbestrol. And you look at the Dalcon Shield. These are all horrible, dark periods of our history, and yet we've ignored it. And we've done something that's a million times worse. Doubling back then on what you said a few minutes ago, I take it that you're not optimistic. Your pleas to the regulatory agencies and boards in your field uh, will be well received no matter how much data that you provide them. Um, no, all they do is threaten me. And I've been doing this for 43 years. I've published almost 200 uh, peer review articles. Mm. I've uh, testified in front of the United States Senate as an expert maternal fetal medicine physician in 2003 at the request of the Bush administration. I've served on the American Board of Obstetrics and exam uh, as an examiner for a year. So no, I I'm, I'm very well respected uh, nationally and internationally up until now when I take this uh, very unpopular stance. What is it about this? What, what, what is it about these particular jabs? Peter McCullough, maybe the most decorated cardiologist in American history. I mean, he might as well just call himself Donald Trump now. 
Robert Malone, two-time Obama voter, one of the most decorated virologists alive today. Suddenly, I mean, he might as well just call himself Ruby Ridge, right? How is it that so many of you guys with these impeccable credentials across political spectrums are coming forward to sound the alarm here, and and suddenly you guys basically just might as well go work for Infowars? How did this happen? What is it about these jabs or this system that they're such sacred cows, James? Okay, uh, obviously there is a MO that you are not aware of and that I'm not aware of. You can get an insight into that by reading the Peter Bregan book, uh, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. Uh, he, he has over, uh, you know, I think he's got over 600 references. Uh, clearly, you can get inside that book and it's irrefutable, but I can't judge somebody else's motives and hearts my job, uh, what what I've been uh, told to do from from my creator is to uh, exist on this earth and do the best I can for all my sons and daughters of our most high God. And by telling the truth that I have been given to whom much is given, much is expected. And I will continue to occupy and pronounce the truth and the real data um, it, it's it's a horrible, horrible deception. But when the federal government is involved with the medical industrial complex, like right. they are the globalist medical industrial complex, they now own all the insurance companies, all the hospitals, all the doctors, all most all of the journals, the insurance companies, all of the media, the legacy media, the social media, it's a big tech. So it's not surprising because through the COVID coalition core uh, early in 2021, they spent not hundreds of millions of dollars, Steve, but tens of billions of dollars giving bribe monies to these fake uh, NGOs and medical boards to push a narrative. So these people are compromised. Listen, uh, we just published a paper, uh, COVID-19 and disaster capitalism. Uh, It's published in the Gazette of Medical Sciences and uh, some interesting figures. The average per capita per annum in the United States of America cost of healthcare is almost $12,000. And our outcomes compared to the other countries of the world, horrible. We rate as a third world country. It's shameful. Now let's look at India, four times, more than four times our population. What's the average per capita annum cost of healthcare for an Indian? on this continent of India. It's $64, Steve. Where do you think all that money is going that we're being raped and pillaged of? It's not going for our health. Mm-hmm. It's going to the pharmaceutical, the industrial, the medical industrial complex. In, uh, in JFK in 1960 said, our uh, CIA is corrupt. It's a military industrial complex and I'm going to break, splinter it, splinter it into a thousand pieces. That's what I'm going to do to this medical industrial complex or attempt to do until my last breath. Dr. James Thorpe, uh, God bless you, brother. Thank you uh, for the courage to come forward and share this information, uh, regardless of repercussions. And uh, uh, platforms like this will do what we can to support people like you. All right. Take care. Thank you very much for having me on your show, Stephen. You keep up your incredible work. Thank you. Same to you, brother. Thank you very much.
I'm going to get some comments from you guys here uh, in a minute that you kind of gather your thoughts here. I got an excellent note, though, from Dana Pittman in Osteen, Florida. She says, we live on a farm. We've got two kids, and one's a stinky 15-year-old boy. I, you know, I got one of those, too. Good-looking kid, but yeah, he's pretty ripe coming home from football practice. Two cats, a kitten that pees in the bathtub and poops under the furniture, three litter boxes, an inside dog, and we're housebreaking a new puppy. You guys are busy, all right? Uh, my house used to just, we used to struggle with horrible smells after listening to the Eden Pure commercial with a rising sense of desperation. <laughs> with a rising sense of desperation, I ordered the three pack. It was amazing. My son smells it, says it smells like winter in the house now. You know, that clean, crisp smell. And being that it is 95,000 degrees outside here in Florida, that is saying something. Even my husband agreed that it works. She says that almost like he doesn't like anything. All right. God bless him. Uh, so happy that we could support another advertiser and get something that we really need. So thank you, Dana, for passing that along. And if you want to take the Dana Pittman test from Osteen, Florida, and see if the Eden Pure uh, Purifier works for you as well, uh, shipping is free and you'll get $200 off the three unit pack. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com, shipping free, $200 off the three pack of Eden Pure Air Purifiers. When you go, to EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve3 for that offer. Steve3 is the discount code at EdenPureDeals.com. Some thoughts we just, or on the conversation we just had for fake news or not with Dr. James Thorpe. Well, it's not going to surprise you that I like that guy a lot. Uh, he understands what time it is, not just now, but before this. I do remember on this show and elsewhere... Uh, when the early receipts were coming in uh, for uh, the effects of vaccination. And there was the appearance at the time, based on what we were told, from now we know people who knew much more than they let on, that they seemed to be working. And all of you know my background, my history about this kind of stuff, and I bid my time. But every time that was brought up within the news cycle or a guest or something like that, my thought bubble was, just wait. And it's because of what the doctor said. And I've told you there's two reasons I'm anti-vax. One is the, the chemistry of the entire thing. But I'm not strictly against it because of that. There's different kinds of vaccines. We've talked about that. We could go on. I posted something on my Twitter feed yesterday about that. But the second reason is the, is every bit as important and on many days more important. It's because they lie. Dr. Thorpe nailed that. They lie all the time. They lied before COVID. They're lying during COVID. And now, based on what Steve said, that this ghastly uh, trail of tears that is coming our way, for all the reasons we talked about it with Dr. Thorpe and other reasons, they're going to continue to lie. No one is paid yet. And until somebody is put in jail, they will continue. Aaron, I just got an email from a listener. Hashtag Dr. James Thorpe didn't kill himself. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that has to be the primary place that the brain goes now when you hear folks like him who have 42 years of experience to lose and all of that that, that comes with that as a board-certified OBGYN. 
you know, modern medicine just to reset this again. And I don't think, I don't think it can be reset enough because it's important that we get this stuck in our head and it has to go, it has to go with what we were talking about last week, a couple of different times. And some of the, maybe it was the week before, I can't remember about some of the, uh, shower epiphanies that you had, Steve. And that's been sticking with me as well. That's been sticking with me as well. If you were running a campaign, a generations-long campaign, to rid the world of as many image bearers of the one true God as you possibly could, what would you be doing differently? What would you be doing differently? Modern medicine, again. Modern medicine. If, it, if it's anything aspiration at all, aspirational at all, it has more in common with voodoo witch doctors in the Amazon. Mm, if bet. it's anything aspirational. At worst, though, it's just, it's just demonic, bro. I just saw a tweet quickly before we go to break. A tweet from Reuters with a video story. Women in Arizona don't want, who don't want children feel grateful for finding an abortion clinic in Phoenix to get the right medication. The video story is about a 42-year-old woman with 13 children who took medication, see that as baby-killing drugs, to abort, to kill, to murder her own baby. That's what modern medicine sees as medicine. And it has for my entire life, an entire generation and a half now, almost two generations. That's what they count as medicine. That's not medicine. That's depopulation, and it's everywhere. If it were a purposeful depopulation scheme, what would they have done any differently? Raise your hand if you love giving your money to China. Well, if if that's if if that wasn't you, which I hope was the vast majority of you, uh, chances are, when it comes to your food, you are. That's why you want to check out our friends over at Moink, because there is a better way. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, along with sustainable, wild-caught Alaskan salmon. They deliver that straight to your door. From Moink farmers that do it just like your grandparents did. And as a result, Moink meat tastes the way that it should. Farm to table because the family farm simply does it better. You're going to be able to taste the Moink difference, whether it's ribeyes, chicken breasts, pork chops, salmon fillets, and so much more. And you can cancel any time, but you won't because you're going to enjoy not just knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent, but you're getting some pretty Pretty good meat as well. Right now, they'll get you started. Free filet mignon in every order you make for a year if you sign up. That's free filet mignon in every order you make for a year if you sign up today at moinkbox.com slash Steve, just like it sounds. M-O-I-N-K for moinkbox.com slash Steve. Free filet mignon in every order for a year at moinkbox.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to some Pop Culture Tuesday to close things out. And of course, it is Superhero T-shirt week here on the program. I wore the granddaddy of all superheroes yesterday. My personal favorite Superman today, it is the granddaddy of all Marvel heroes. And that would be Spider-Man. 
Although he's not really the, I guess there were others before him. Maybe the patriarch, maybe patriarch is a better term for it, perhaps. But there's a new Marvel series debuting this week about She-Hulk. He's a very popular character from the comics. I believe it's the cousin of Bruce Banner, who's an attorney, right? Something happens, so she has to take the gamma formula and turns into She-Hulk, okay? But this is being billed as kind of a sitcom. It's actually being called She-Hulk Attorney at Law, I think is what it's being called. I, I... I guess I don't quite have zero interest because Daredevil is supposed to be in this and it's the same guy that played him in the Netflix series. And the first, especially first two seasons of the Daredevil Netflix series is the nuts. I mean, it's great. It's it's great. And he showed up in this last Spider-Man film in a cameo, okay? So I'm, I, I could maybe see myself skimming into the scenes that he is in, but as a whole, I have zero interest. And of course, it's got all the big ratings on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, uh, the previous series, Miss Marvel, was the highest rated Marvel Disney Plus series yet. I, I didn't watch or care to watch a nano second of it at all. Okay, Rated just, by who? Uh, the critics, the left-wing uh, woke, uh, Wokewood uh, critics, they loved it. Okay. I don't know this Twitter account, but it tweeted out a meme yesterday and I said, we have got to discuss this. All right. The Twitter account is nerdrotic at nerdrotics. All right. And it's one of those how it started, how it's going. Okay. How it started. There you see Iron Man from 2008. How it's going. She Hulk, attorney at law. When you see this meme, your reaction is what? Todd, I'll start with you. It's so absurd. That I didn't want to be predictable. So I tried to think, this is Kevin Feige. He's still involved in all this. He did one of the most difficult things that's ever been done in all of entertainment, visual entertainment history, the narrative that was created. And I thought back, I, I remember thinking when they were the, the plan was first released that they were going to bring all of these superheroes together. I said, I thought this is going to be campy. It's not going to work. And then the Avengers movie was incredible. The first one was incredible. And then I remember thinking, oh, while I'm not a big comic book uh, geek, you know, I knew the the main guys in this family. Well, here, it's on my t-shirt too. Uh, uh, except for Jesus, he's not in it. Uh, I remember when they started unveiling Ant-Man, who I'd never heard of, and Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, okay, now now it's going to fall apart. And not only did it not fall apart, but those guys were fundamental all the way down to the end. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, what what you doing, Kevin Feige? I'm trying to think. And maybe it's less about what's going on on screen in the narrative than off screen and the pressure on him because as Steve said and she hulk is not 
This isn't like Ghostbusters where they just did this, the right, female version. Venerable, they, beloved character in Marvel She-Hulk. comics. Yeah. They did uh, um, you, this Mrs. Marvel or Miss Marvel. This is it, it's yeah. a comic book. It, it is. It's not uh, overtly popular. Doesn't matter. One. But it's it's but, but it, it is part of the. Canon. It's actually part of. Okay, yeah. is this just he he fully plans on getting to the good stuff? But he knows in this culture and what uh, Eternals. I still haven't seen that. Looks dreadful. Everybody thought it, it was dreadful. It, it is dreadful. Yeah. Is this just we we've been faithful to canon all along? We're gonna continue to be faithful now with a memory dump. We're just getting rid of all of it out of our system. But we can forget it anytime we want to in times of going forward. And once we start doing the next big thing, we're going to take the pieces we put out there. We, I don't, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it was really predictable that this is, tra- this is tragic. This is a joke. This is nonsense. And it is, but Kevin Feige gave us what he gave us. I'm guess I, this is me trying to give him one last benefit in the doubt and saying, he's just going to, make a bunch of stuff that there's no way to really lift up and make good no matter how hard you try so he's just getting it out of the way and he's going to move on and everybody will happy be in the end i'm i don't know i'm not going to hold my breath but that's what i got aaron what's your reaction so i'm i'm kind of with todd overall because because you know we have been introduced to characters that were not overtly popular and have grown to love them. And he listed two of them, I think, that are good examples. Guardians of the Galaxy, one of my favorite Marvel movies. And Ant-Man, also, I think, my wife, one of my wife's favorite uh, Marvel movies. And so, you know, as far as that goes, I, you know, hold out a little bit of hope. I just think, though, here's, here's the problem, though. Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, those were their own entities. She-Hulk is a spin-off of an already established superhero, the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, here you go. It's like this. Let's pretend a few weeks ago, the documentary about vaccines that Sarah Gonzalez and Daniel Horowitz and you were a part of. Let's let's pretend, let's just do that. Steve Dace colon uh, dangerous vaccines. Huge hit on Blaze TV, right? Huge hit on Blaze TV. Let's just uh, say that's a a national phenomenon. Three years later, uh, Steve Dace, colon, the virtues of uh, blueberry pie built bars. You know, we're just doing we're just doing spinoffs for spinoffs sake. It's just so preposterous. And maybe it'll be good. Maybe it will be good. But when we're going, we're not even introducing new heroes. We're just basically introducing spinoffs of old ones. I, I don't know. That's a rabbit hole. That's a rabbit hole that I just, I'm not quite sure is going to be uh, necessarily necessarily fruitful or enjoyable. So I have my, I have my doubts. I'll, I'll give a, a little bit of a benefit of the doubt uh, 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 yet, but I'm not... I'm not necessarily uh, hopeful here. It's just a weird juxtaposition. I'm going to do something. This is the Marvel Phase 4 lineup. And this, this means everything that happened after 
Infinity War, Endgame, and then the uh, the Spider-Man Far From Home that was kind of the, the epilogue of that of, of the end of Phase 3, okay? So here are the movies. Black Widow, female empowerment superhero who was dead, and they went back to tell her story after the they killed her off. And aren't they making a second one? Are they? I've not heard I that. I don't. Okay, that's I, news to me. I thought What's-Her-Face was in a dispute with Disney. Yeah, she's actually suing him right oh, now, okay. actually. Okay. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Okay. So here we have a, an Asian hero story with a really obscure character. Movie's good, by the way. Uh, but the, 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 the character is ex- beyond obscure. Eternals, uh, which is just basically a... Superheroes as the Rainbow Coalition meeting, basically, is what that is. Okay. Um, we have Spider-Man No Way Home. One of the best movies that's been made in the MCU, and it was one of its biggest hits. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, he is given a co-heroine who wears rainbow jihad regalia on her clothing, and they make sure to let you know uh, her parents are lesbians. Thor Love and Thunder, where they've taken, for the third time now, they have broken Thor to the point that he is aimless in his existence for a third time. Um, And uh, he voluntarily gives up the kingship over his kingdom to a bisexual woman. Who also then turns out like Thor doesn't really have a plan in life, doesn't know what she wants to be, and also doesn't want to rule people. Those are the phase four movies that have been that have been released so far. Stop me if you're sensing a trend here. Here's the phase four television shows. WandaVision, about a woman who goes nuts over grief, but it's about a woman. Uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where, now this is a powerful story out of the comics. Uh, So it is is true that Sam does take Steve Rogers uh, place at a t- as, at, for a time as Captain America, but they're passing the baton from a white guy to a black guy. And then he has to politically lecture them in the final episode of the series. Loki, who has to be, who gets revealed as bisexual. What if, which is re- a very fascinating, like, you know, what if these things had gone differently kind of alternative Marvel history cartoon that I would highly recommend. I'm sorry, animated uh, Hawkeye who isn't can't be a good enough hero on his own. He needs female assistance with a with a new sort of sidekick. But yeah, I guess that's loosely based off a character in the comics. Moon Knight, who I don't know much about, my son's a huge fan of, but but and but he hates the series. Uh, they basically uh depowered him and highly, and then they made the his female, the, his his the woman he loves, a more powerful hero than him. Strap me if you see a. You guys are noticing any trends here? No. Okay. No. Nothing trends. coming to mind. Okay. No. Miss Marvel, the first Muslim superhero, and She Hulk, attorney at law, to basically take the place of the Hulk. Anything you seeing like any trend lines or anything there? Anything that may stick out or seem deconstructive in any way or. Nothing, because I got. I mean, I just. I, again, I'm just randomly just citing these things. Nothing stands out to you whatsoever. <sighs> nothing, because I got I me. Mean, I got nothing. I just all just seemed, you know, like 
a bunch of random occurrences. I didn't really pick up on a theme. You guys got nothing? When you laid it out like that, it was even worse than it was in my mind when we started this segment. Yeah. It's hard. So that's, This is like reading the uh, opening to uh, Rise of the Fourth Reich. Yes, it in is. In a very different context, let me put that <laughs> yes. out so there. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight television shows. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six movies. All right, so thir- that 13 out of these 14 events that Marvel has produced... In phase four, they have produced 14 new pieces of content in phase four. 12. I, what if, I don't think what if goes down this road. What if it's just kind of very fascinating. Okay. Uh, 12 of the 14 clearly highlight expansion in what they like to call representation these days in Hollywood. 12 out of the 14. And hey, if the content was great, I wouldn't care. I, I don't, you know, I don't care. It's not good. Marvel, the, the, the one movie Marvel produced itself, because Sony was involved with Spider-Man, obviously. The one movie Marvel produced itself that was really good was Shang-Chi. The others are okay to not good. Um, it's hard to escape that trend. And it can't be on accident. They use different directors, writers for all of these projects. There's one constant. Who is it? And you, you said his name. Yeah. He oversees it all. Yeah. So it's not it's not Kathleen Kennedy Townsend, or, or, or actually it is her. She oversees that too. But different writers, directors, there's different writers and directors on most of these projects. And as I've said- This is a clear plan. How do you go from brilliance to this level of suckitude? So Because woke destroys everything. I'll give you the last word here in okay. a minute, Aaron. Woke destroys everything it touches. What were we going to say? Go ahead. I just have a question, and then you can do this, and, and we can answer it afterwards. But the, the question is, and you probably already answered it, is this just getting it out of their system before they go and tell the story that Kevin Feige wants to tell next, the overarching narrative, or is this the, the new normal? Based on the announcement they made at Comic-Con a few weeks ago, I think that they are absolutely moving back more towards what they did before, that, that this has not gone as well as they would have hoped. Now, we'll, we'll see about the execution as such, but this is comprehensive with Disney. Ewan McGregor's out there now saying that the original Obi-Wan Kenobi story was about him and Luke. Well, they can't do that. Luke's got a penis, so it's got to be about Princess Leia, who now has to come and rescue Luke before he becomes a Jedi. You know, She's a badass, precocious 10-year-old, and you know Luke just wants to play with toys. They had to do that story instead. The look on Urzan's face pretty much says it all. Homeowners, beware. You could already be a victim of home title theft and not even have a clue. Some cyber thief may have already forged his name onto the title of your home. Here's how you find out. My partners at Home Title Lock have a special free offer for my listeners. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Then simply enter your address for your free, no obligation home title scan. And this is how you can discover if a cyber thief is already camping on your home's title. Look, the title to your home is the only document that proves you actually own it. So once he forges your title, he can take out loans on your home or forge your name stating he's the new owner. First things first, though, let's make sure your home's title is securely in your name. You can do that now by going to HomeTitleLock.com and using the promo code RADIO. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO to get a free title scan that's $100 value at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. We're going to stick around. 
and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. Record it, then it'll be uploaded later today at blazetv.com slash dace. For the rest of you, we will see you manana. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.